Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Changing the Game with Digital Engagement, presented by SAP, the best run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to transform industries. And importantly, they will discuss how these technologies and strategies can shake up the status quo in your company's future and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is an exciting day. We have a returning series, a renewal for season seven. The series used to be called Changing the Game with first social selling, then digital selling, and now we've moved to digital engagement. And we have the sponsor of the series here as one of our panelists today, Kirsten Boyleau. But before we introduce my esteemed panelists, let me tell you what the show is about today. Here's the buzz. I found an article on medium.com. It says in brief, today data is hidden all around us. And this begs the question, is storytelling, everybody, that's the key word here, is storytelling still important during a time when analytics reign supreme? Great analytics inform your storytelling. They point it in the right direction, but the data won't do the storytelling for you. Great quote from Medium. So let me give you a little more background and then we'll have our guests introduce themselves. Storytelling has been around since the beginning of civilization. I think they were chalking hieroglyphics on the walls of the caves. It is how people shared experiences, how they educated and informed their family, their friends, probably their enemies. Who knows who went into the cave later and entertained each other. Good storytelling, it has something special. It has an arc. It hooks people in from the beginning, something they care about, they want to know about. And it stimulates and simulates an emotional response to the characters in the story, to the situation, and hopefully to the outcome, meaning you listen all the way through. But we're talking marketing, we're talking sales, we're talking business, we're talking B2B. Does this relate? Absolutely, yes, per the quote I read in the beginning. Why is storytelling a critical part of sales and marketing tactics, or is it? Or should it be? That's one of the questions on the table today. What are the elements of a good story in the business context? Where does or doesn't it fit into your buyer's journey? So we're going to ask Kirsten Boyleau at SAP. Kirsten, we're so thrilled you have renewed your series. Very grateful and excited about another year with you. We have Lindsay Boggs at Citrix. She's been on before several years ago. And we have a newcomer to the panel, Georgia Huntley at the Zond team, Z-A-H-N-D. We'll ask her when she introduces herself to tell us what that is for their take on storytelling for marketing and sales success, fact or fiction. Hmm. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome. So happy to be here. We are recording the video on Zoom, but we are broadcasting live on Voice America Business Channel as always. And a hello to our engineer, Aaron Keller at Voice America for getting us on the air. Kirsten Boyleau, you're up. I'm going to put you on speaker view. Kirsten, so happy to see you. I love doing the shows on Zoom because I get to (laughs) see people and I get to watch you think and talk, which is a treat because the shows were on radio. We're on phone for so many years. Kirsten, in case there's, I usually say 1.5 people who don't remember who you are. I'm going to say in case there's 0.2 people, whoever he or she or they are, who don't remember you, tsk, tsk, shame on them. Why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us just a drop about why you renewed the series. I, I wasn't planning to ask that, but I'd like to. And what's your passion for storytelling in the context of marketing and sales? Kirsten, welcome. 
Hi, Bonnie. So great to to be back um, with you for another year. Is this our seventh season? I think you said. Seventh, yes. That's kind of crazy to me. Um, yeah, I am uh, leading digital enablement services at SAP. So I'm responsible for upskilling programs around digital marketing, digital sell- sales, and um, and I renewed the series because I think it's important for us as marketers to have different outlets to share how we are um, engaging our customers to to talk about issues that are really important to us and you know having those conversations in person is so different these days it's not possible right now uh, and so um, having that extra time to have these kinds of conversations. My, I know that everyone who always speaks on these shows says it was so much fun to have mm-hmm. a conversation with like-minded people who want to, who are passionate about a topic and to get different perspectives. Um, and you don't get a chance to do that very often. And so I think it's really important as marketers that we have that opportunity. Thank you. And what's your passion for storytelling, Kirsten? It's your topic. So why, why now? Well, um, <laughs> there lots of things. I think we're all trying to tell stories we, you know, with social media right now in our personal lives, but also in our business lives. We're all trying to tell the story of how we're feeling, what's going on in our lives, how things are being impacted, um, how, you know, if we're trying to uh, perhaps um, market something or sell something, we're all trying to tell a story to, to capture that Um you know, the indefinable necessary uh, attention, I guess you might say, um, to really drive that engagement. And I just thought it was such an important place to start when people are kind of really struggling to figure out exactly the best way to interact with customers. SAP has been at this game for a long time using our social selling um, programs and that kind of thing. But there's a lot of companies out there that haven't been doing it for a very long time. And so um, offering up our thought leadership, our expertise in this particular area, I thought was really important. Thank you very much. Wonderful to have you back. And let's go to Lindsay Boggs. Lindsay, it's been way too many years. I was happy to connect with you on our prep call last week. So welcome back. And Lindsay, you have a lot to tell us. You can cram it into two and two and a half minutes. Tell us what you've been up to. I know you're at Citrix now. And what is your passion for storytelling? Lindsay Boggs, welcome. Thank you so much for having me back, Bonnie. I'm really happy to be here. And um, I've been at Citrix now for almost three years, which is incredible to believe Blue by. Um, before that, most people know me from my big event in 2015, shooting free throws with Shaquille O'Neal. If you Google me, that's what you're going to find. And that's really where my personal brand started taking off. And so I will say, you know, capitalize on, you know, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, literally. And so for me, that really helps propel my career. Um, since then, unfortunately, um, my sister Melissa passed away in 2016, which led me to a nervous breakdown um, mm. in 2016 in full transparency. And from that, I actually learned a lot about myself, about grief, about mourning, and co-founded a nonprofit on mental health called Uncrushed. And so I've been re- very involved in that. And then I also lead a um, SDR team, sales development team at Citrix, and that has been my passion for getting people promoted off my team into a territory manager where they're closing business. And so the best days that I have is when my team gets promoted. And so that's really fun for me. So 
as it relates to storytelling, um, you know, one of the things that I like to teach at Citrix is people are wired to remember stories, not data. And so that's super important to remember. And when you're on a call with a prospect or emailing a prospect, giving them a tidbit of, you know, increase your customer engagement by 15%. Okay, that sounds great. But if you don't have a story to tell it to back it, a similar customer did the same thing by doing X, Y, Z, it's not as credible. So that's why it's really passionate for me. Thank you very much, Lindsay. Thank you for sharing your personal story and storytelling, real story, real people, authenticity, right? Who am I? And I, I can only imagine that telling your story and your transparency, as you said, in your nonprofit, Uncrushed, is what brings people in and gives them a safe place to share theirs. Yes. I'm not going to cry, but my, my son usually says, it's been three minutes and mom hasn't cried yet. So, But but I was very moved by your story. and. Um, that's all I'm going to say. Thank, thank, you. thank you very much. And our newcomer, Georgia Huntley, welcome to Game Changers Radio. Kristen introduced us. I met you on our prep call last week. So happy to have you, and we'd love to find out who you are, what you do, and why in the world are you here? Georgia Huntley, you're up. Go ahead. Hi, Bonnie. Thank you so much for having me, and Kristen for inviting me. Um, I work for a real estate company in Guelph, Ontario. They're called the Zon Team, and the unique thing about them is they offer a five-star commission back guarantee. Uh, and so it's my job to put out that message to everyone through blogging, uh, social media, digital marketing, um, and explain the story behind why we do it um, and why it's important to um, build connections in the community so that we can get the word out and tell people that, you know, they should come to us because we're experts. Uh, so the passion behind why I love working for the Zon team and in my role specifically is so that um, at one point in my life, I realized that I could connect people just by um, telling stories and just by like meeting people and getting out into the community. And then I thought I can make this a job. <laughs> um, and so social media has been a huge proponent in letting me do that. So uh, I really love my job because I just get to connect awesome people to awesome people. So, uh, yeah. I like that. What did you do before this, Georgia? You mentioned a little bit. Um, I, I can tell everybody you're very young, I think. And what, what was your background? What Was there an educational passion for connecting people, for storytelling? Is this something that happened in school? I hope I'm not prying, but I think we'd nope. love to know a little bit more. Go ahead. Uh, so I did a degree in public relations. Uh, through that, I was doing a lot of contract work, but I think where it really started was uh, I took an improv class <laughs> um, and I started doing stand-up and realized that there was something to storytelling. And if I could connect with an audience, then that's where I wanted to be forever. <laughs> so wow. uh, just finding ways to do that. Welcome to my world. I did stand up and improv for many years, and I had my own troupe years ago called Bonnie G and Du Bois. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> and a group of male comedians, and we performed in Borders bookstores and public libraries on Long Island, New York, and in New Jersey. And wow. it was it was just a blast. We packed a Borders store once with so many people that the the people came by the hundreds and brought beach chairs and took over the store to hear our comedy show it was it was we just didn't realize that that many people wanted to and this is way before right. anything the world's going through now 
so I can relate. Georgia, welcome and thank you for sharing. Let's go to the part of the show now where my guests have graciously looked up a quote, found a quote from a movie, a song, something that moves them, and sent me the quote. Of course, on the surface, it has nothing to do with our topic, and they're going to tell us how it does in their own words. So Kirsten Boylow has sent us a quote from Superman's song performed by the Crash Test Dummies. Kirsten, I always learn so much new culture from you when you're on the show. (laughs) It's the first Superman song. It's the first single of Canadian folk rock group Crash Test Dummies appearing on their 1991 debut album, The Ghosts That Haunt Me. I'm going to stop right there. Here's the quote. Superman never made any money saving the world from Solomon Grundy. Kirsten, you have to explain this one. Go ahead. <laughs> Love it. Do you actually listen to the song where you're doing the research, Bonnie? I didn't, I did, but I will uh, after the show. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, you know what? I, I was trying to think of, you know, what's the best way to, that I would relate this to our storytelling? And I think it, it all goes back to, I actually... Um, saw them live in 1991 when they debuted uh, that album. Um, It was uh, July 1st, which is Canada Day in Canada. It's like the U.S. um, Independence Day, but it's called Canada Day on on July 1st. And um, saw them at a big outdoor uh, venue, um, thousands of people around me. And this guy's voice was just so incredibly... um, I don't know what the word is for, but he just captured me. Um, and I love that song. And I don't know why we were thinking, my, my husband and I were talking about music at the dinner table one night and that song came up and we listened to it <laughs> with the, our nine-year-old twins. And they were like, that guy's voice is really deep. <laughs> um, but ultimately, you know, I was, I just thought that that, um, that particular quote, you know, Superman never made any money saving the world from Solomon Grundy. That was kind of his big splash thing. You know, he was, he was saving the world from this, this evil man. And I know that the song, I'd looked at the song itself and I know it has political undertones, but that wasn't my take on it. Um, it was really more about, you know, it wasn't that he, he didn't, um, he didn't try to make money from those big splash things, but what he was, he, he really kind of focused on that day to day, you know, grinding it out, making sure that he was contributing to society and, um, and didn't try and exploit those, those bigger um, things. And that, to me, that I thought that was really, that speaks to the kind of human, superhuman that he might've been. So that Very was why. Thank you. I, I have been introduced to so many singers and music <laughs> groups through through you with your Canadian roots, Kristen. Interesting, there is something about it that goes to the heart of storytelling, doesn't it? The, mm-hmm. the human nature, it doesn't have to be fancy schmancy, it doesn't have to be overproduced. Why do we think that homemade videos have been become so important and influencers who are people nobody heard of are m- making a ton of money talking about what they love about products, right? Products and processes and services because everybody wants to hear somebody's story and we want to believe them. We want to like them and we want to sometimes follow them. Isn't that the heart of of really the the movement? Go ahead, Kirsten. I was just going to say, and Clark Kent's job was to tell stories. Like his day-to-day job was to tell stories, right? So um, that's where he made his money. That's how he, he engaged with his his public was to um, was to tell those stories. He didn't necessarily make any money from those big things that he uh, did on the side. 
So we're going to rename this episode from Storytelling for Marketing and Sales Success Factor Fiction to Superman Storytelling. Can you, can you be? Can, should you become one? Something like that. We, we got to get really colorful with our, with our episode titles, Kristen. So thank you very much. Lindsay is smiling. Lindsay, you're up next. Actually, everybody's smiling. And Lindsay has sent us a quote from Dana or Donna. I think she pronounced it Dana. Dana Scully, played by Jillian Anderson in The X-Files, Fight the Future. 1998 sci-fi thriller film and it's based on Chris Carter's TV series of the same name which revolves around fictional unsolved cases called the X-Files would you believe I've never watched that show and the character is solving them but I might have to start so here is the quote this is a good one just pick up the phone and make it happen. Not having heard it originally, Lindsay, I'm assuming that's the way she said it. So, Lindsay, you're up. What does this mean to us? Go ahead. Yes. So, what this means to us, first of all, looking back on the X-Files, there's actually something that evolved into, called, into being called the Scully effect. The Scully effect is actually around women who felt empowered by Dana Scully, who was five foot two, who was a redhead who was not tall, blonde on Baywatch, who was actually somebody that people were captivated by on TV that was not your traditional woman on TV at the time in the 90s. And so the Scully effect really transpired because women started to go into leadership roles because they were inspired by Scully because she could do it. Um, they started going into law enforcement. They started going to the FBI. And one of the things that I was so captivated by her was just how – you know, in the beginning of the show, they had her walking behind the, the male star, David Duchovny. Then three, series, three seasons in, they started walking side by side. And that was really moving to me to see that kind of transformation um, in the world of, you know, female leadership. And so this particular scene in the movie, it's actually a bomb's about to go off. And she points her finger to the guy holding the phone saying, pick up the phone and make it happen. I relate that to my team all the time by saying, listen, the phone's not going to dial itself. You're not going to book a meeting if you don't pick up the phone and make it happen. So pick up the phone, tell stories. People are going to be engaged if you listen to a story versus just, hey, did I catch you for a quick second? Okay, I'll be brief. Here's a pitch. No, tell a story about a customer down the street from you that did a similar thing that could help them. And so that's where the, the quote comes from. And that's why I'm so passionate about the X-Files. Thank you very much. I may just pick that as my next binge-worthy series. I just finished six seasons of Bosch, by the way. Very, very interesting. And there's a sign in the police station next to the detectives, and it says, stop sitting on your you-know-what and go out and knock on some doors. Presumably, find out what their stories are, right? We could we could turn that one. Pick up the phone and go solve a case somewhere. And Georgia Huntley is next. Georgia has picked a, a line from a very provocative song. I won't give the full, full meaning of the song, but it's from Ariana Grande, who certainly has told stories and certainly has made a huge splash on the music world for the past several years. It's from Ariana Grande in The Weeknd. The song is Love Me Harder, 2014. It's a pop synth pop, I guess synthesizer pop, R&B ballad with a throbbing electro-heavy chorus, a guitar riff, and big vacuum-esque synths. I have no idea what any of that means, not my music. And here is the quote, and I love the quote. It's, tell me something I need to know. Georgia Huntley, you're on your own. Tell us how you found this one and what in the world does it mean? Go ahead. 
Uh, well, <laughs> Bonnie, um, when you asked me to find a quote, I had a really hard time coming up with a pop culture reference from a movie or a song. So I actually asked my friend and she immediately was like, I was like, it has to relate to digital storytelling. And she was like, tell me something I need to know. And I was like, that's really good. But I thought about it further and further um, and love me harder. Sorry. Or the song is um, just touching on someone's personal wants and needs and that's mm -hmm. what we're doing in digital storytelling is um, reaching people who have problems that we're trying to solve um, and we all live our lives as our own protagonist so we all want to hear what are the things that you're going to do to fix my problems um, and when I'm thinking about messaging uh, and I'm having a hard time putting down on paper or putting out in social media what it is I'm trying to say I think well what is the one thing that I need to get across to my audience what do they need to know what's going to stop them from scrolling and read my message so thank you very away. much that was very profound what you just said georgia i appreciate it i'm glad your friend recommended it and now you know if you're invited back or when you're invited back you'll you'll know what to do call that friend ask yep. her to tell you a story there you go thank you all i appreciate the introduction to songs and movies and TV shows I had never heard of or never watched. So thank you very much. Kirsten, it's time for our, I was going to say crystal ball. That's at the end. It's time for our roundtable discussion. And I've asked each of my panelists to send me four meaty, meat on the bones, detailed and deep thinking statements about the topic today, which is, is storytelling critical to success in marketing and sales? And I think we're all leading toward or pointing toward the answer, heck yes, or something stronger than that. <laughs> So, Kirsten, I'm, I'm being polite here. So, let me tell you a little bit about Kirsten sent me. Here's statement number one. I'm going to read it just a little bit. And then I'll ask Kirsten to unpack it for us, like they say on the news. And then we will go around the table and we will dare Lindsay Boggs to agree or disagree. And then we'll ask Georgia to do double to agree or disagree with Lindsay and or Kirsten or Kirsten and or Lindsay. And then I'll pick a statement from Lindsay and we'll go around the table and one from Georgia. So we have a lot to talk about. Kirsten said the following, storytelling absolutely is in capital letters, a critical part of sales and marketing tactics. In my experience in business development, the best conversations I had with customers were when I captured their attention with a story. So, Kristen, let's get down to the basics here. Why don't you expand this for a couple minutes, and then we'll see what your co-panelists have to say. Kristen. Sure. Yeah, I actually, um, so, you know, Lindsay leads a, an SDR team. Well, I was an SDR. I would think I was called the business development rep, but same thing. And um, back before 2015, uh, before we met, <laughs> and, um, and I was doing all of that dialing. Now, of course, uh, not too long before that, you know, I, I started as a um, business development rep in 2006 at SAP. It was Sybase at the time. Um, and we didn't have the, uh, the LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook opportunities to get in front of people, um, we really only had the phone. And so we had mm -hmm. to be very quick about getting their attention. And um, Lindsay, Lindsay mentioned earlier that, you know, you don't get them, get their attention by just um, say, hey, I've caught you at a good time. You get their, their attention by telling them a story, by being very um, empathetic to what they're going through. And so I just really felt that it was um, – 
so important for particularly for business development people, for salespeople, for marketers to really be making sure that they have the stories, but they have to know exactly what the, the customer is going through before they can tell the right story. I think that's an important piece of it is that you need to understand you know, the, the background of the person that you're approaching. You need to mm-hmm. understand what kinds of um, things that they're uh, facing in their particular business, whether it's from a legislation standpoint or a, a end customer standpoint. Um, you need to know, you know, if, if you can get that kind of intelligence, what kind of um, potential solution or uh, not solutions, potential challenges they're actually facing mm-hmm. within the business as well. Um, before you can tell the right story. And, and so, it, you know, the, there's a lot of listening that has to happen first, but I think you can really, really change people's um, future. You can inspire them. You can help them envision a new future for themselves or for their business um, by telling that story. So I really, really, truly think it's absolutely uh, critical to being um, a good marketer or a good salesperson. Kristen, thank you. I'm going to ask you to level set for me because we've been using the word storytelling since we started the show a few minutes ago. And I just want you to define, give me an example. I'm going to put you on the spot here. So you have a business person, you're engaging with them, you've checked out who they are on LinkedIn, you know about their company profile, you know that they're looking for a CRM solution, they're looking for a digital engagement, something. In in terms of what would that story sound like? Hey, Bob, this is Kirsten. I, I know we both like the, I don't know, the Cincinnati eagles or whatever they are and and uh, i understand you're looking and let me tell you a story about uh snow white and the seven dwarfs how, how do you I, i'm i'm teasing but not how do you start that story kirsten when does when does the storytelling come into the i'm a business person you're a business person i think i have something that will help make your job better help make your company company more where do you introduce that story i'm just curious i think this will help the audience understand better and then i will g- get to Lindsay and george in a second but Kristen, could you give me an example of how do you start that story when does it become a story well i mean you you can start it when you know you've gotten through the pleasantries and you have them on the phone and you don't have much time then to to engage them mm-hmm. you can say you can start off a story by saying did you know that you know your your next door neighbor or your competitor is doing this you know and this is how they've done it or did you know that your peer but not competitor has done this um, i think you can you can introduce it, introduce it right away. There are different stories for different phases of the buyer journey too. And I think, um, you know, if you've got someone on the phone, uh, that's a different place. You know, you have to, you, hopefully you already have, have some sort of uh, relationship with them through social and they know who you are. They understand why you're contacting them because getting through that first piece of why are you calling me now um, mm-hmm. is always really hard. Uh, but I know that um, we used to use the, when I was a business development rep, we used the Basho methodology of um, connecting with people. And it was why you, why you now. So you tell a story immediately. Why am I contacting? contacting you I'm contacting you because this is the you know what I've seen or this is um, what I've you know seen you share and uh, and why now because this is what's happening in your business and I can see that we have a solution to help you um, that's the kind of kind of story you can tell when you're um, doing it on social media you can you can be a little bit more free um, it can you know, more resonate around um, driving awareness of what kinds of solutions you provide, whether it's in real estate or in software or wherever it is, um, what kind of solutions you provide and what kind of um, 
solutions uh, or uh, challenges you solve through the stories that you tell. And that and that's on the awareness side. Thank you, Lindsay. You're up. Talk to us. Agree or disagree with any or all of what Kristen just said? Go ahead. I completely identified with what Kirsten said. And one of the key words that you said that I wrote down on paper was empathy. Having empathy with your prospect, with your customer, with whoever you're calling. And the other thing I want to add, though, is the research component to it. Because before you pick up the phone, if you're trying to tell a story, if I'm thinking about personas, right, if I'm contacting a C-suite, Saying that I recently read their 10K is going to uh, grab their attention. I recently read your 10K and what I noticed is you're working on customer engagement. Well, did you know that if, you know, your, your competitor down the street is seeing a 14X response on their posts on LinkedIn because they're engaging with their employees by posting more content and then stop and listen, active listening is key. That's going to grab their attention. That's why they're going to want to hear the story, what happens next. So having empathy, what you said is completely key. Um, the other thing I wrote down is the buyer phase. That's incredibly accurate. I mean, the way you prospect is different than the, way, than the way you have a discovery call. A discovery call, you have a little bit more context because you got their attention on the SDR call, on the book a meeting call. The discovery call, you should have done a ton of research before you get on that phone call and set up for success. Thank you, Lindsay. Appreciate your writing down those. I, I see you. We are on Zoom and I, I can watch her writing down. I appreciate that. Kristen, good that you gave her some key words in there. That was very important in your story. Georgia Huntley, join me. What do you think? Yeah, um, what resonated most with me with Kirsten, what you said was um, know who you're talking to. And before any of our marketing goes out, we build out what we call an ICP profile. So an ideal client profile. And that is an opportunity for us to look at who do we want to target? Uh, why do we want to target them? And we work through their demographics and what they're thinking and where they are, how we can reach them and what will resonate with them. What are their problems? Um, so definitely, Kirsten, what you said resonated. Um, and as well as the discovery call that our agents do, uh, which is something you said, Lindsay, um, that you have to really come in with what your purpose is and what you're calling about. Um, so when we pick up the phone to say, oh, we saw you on our website, um, we, we provide them with a purpose. We say, we saw you actively looking in the Guelph community. Uh, this is how we can help. Um, so that's, mm. that's, those are my takeaways from what you guys said. I like that. This is how we can help. Yeah. I like that. Very interesting. Kristen, what do you think of their comments before we move on? Oh, absolutely. I, I think, you know, um, that that empathy phase, that research phase, that building out those customer profiles is is so, so important um, to know exactly what kind of stories are going to resonate and at what phase of the buyer journey um, you you are talking to them. At. I mean, at the awareness phase, they're, they're very inspirational and very, um, you know, driving people to pick up that phone or to send that email and say, hey, I want to know more. Um, but perhaps mm -hmm. they're further along the buyer journey and they're, you know, they're at that decision-making phase. They don't, they don't necessarily want an inspirational story. They want to know, here are the facts and figures. This is how we made it happen because this is the story that we can tell about this particular customer. Um, it's a, it's a, a slightly different um, way of approaching that storytelling. Thank you. And I'm thinking of B2C. I'm thinking of so many of us are buying so much on Amazon, right? 
Don't leave the house. Better than curbside pickup. They come to your door. Or I know people who want to get out of the house, so they have everything sent to an Amazon locker three miles away, Lindsay. (laughs) And and they take a trip three days a week down to the locker. They they have the little digital key on their phone and the the door opens and they because they just want to get a chance to get out of the house because where can you go right now? So I thought that was very interesting. Amazon's anyway. The point is that when you read the descriptions, you don't have a person telling you what it can do for you. But if you read it and it says, well, these party lights, for example, they're great for bridal showers. They're great for sweet 16s. If anybody's having a shower of sweet 16 anymore, they're great for lighting up your kitchen on a dull night when there's nothing on TV. And they're telling, right, Kristen, they're telling you a little story Telling in, stories, yeah. in the marketing pitch. They're telling you, they're getting into your head and saying, this is how your life could be if you buy my product. So they're storytelling. And I always get a kick out of those, especially the ones that are That's from where. A- Referrals are always really important in those things too, right? Or the uh, reviews. The reviews are the stories. Absolutely right. And people post little videos. I use this and it was great or don't buy this. It was terrible. (laughs) Yes, we know all of that. But they get into your head and the imagination is your life could be this if you do that, Mm -hmm. which is is a a paraphrase basically on, on what B2B is trying to do. Let's move on. Lindsay Boggs, here's what you sent me in statement number two. It's long and detailed, which I love. And I'm going to read just a little. Everybody, this is, Lindsay's the real deal. And don't be shocked by what she says. I'm going to read it directly what she sent me. Lindsay says, forget the algorithm on LinkedIn. It will drive you mad. And mad is all in caps. She says, no one knows the ins and outs, but I do know that storytelling gets the most engagement because it fuels emotion, brings anticipation aha, of where the story is going. And a great story includes the why and how behind the story's message. More good keywords in here. Lindsay, you're up. Talk for a couple minutes and we'll see what Georgia and Kirsten have to say. Go ahead. Yes. I mean, it's true. The algorithm will actually drive you mad and no one knows the ins and outs of it. So don't try to text me, call me and tell me, you know, ask me what it is because I don't know. I do know that ever since I started posting more of the hows and the whys on LinkedIn, I'm getting more engagement, more views. For example... A couple weeks ago, I posted, and before I even wrote this out, I was thinking, is anyone going to even, like, is this, is this valid? Is this good to post? But I did. I posted about how my first job at a college, I would cry in the third stall of the bathroom because it was such a miserable job because I was in a really rough position. And I had more views on that story, emphasis on story, than I do on posting things about the what so I can post something about, you know, we acquired this company. Great. Cool. But if I post something about crying in the third stall of the bathroom and why it impacted me and the emotions behind it and take a reader on a journey with me, then you have the empathy, you have the, re, you know, the relationship building, you've got all of that. And people want to buy from people. They don't want to buy from salespeople. Mm-hmm. So the more you can humanize yourself, the better across the board for your brand, for your personal and professional brand. I have to ask, third stall, what's the significance of the third the first was closest to the door and I was crying. And so I okay. wanted to be closest away from the door. <laughs> I knew that. I just want to hear you say that. Thank you. Talk about transparency and authenticity and storytelling, all of that. Thank you, Lindsay. Georgia, you're up. Georgia, react, respond, agree or disagree to Lindsay. Go ahead, Georgia Huntley. I absolutely agree. Um, I think the 
amazing thing in what was incorporated in your post was that people can now associate your com- you with their your company um, and people don't feel emotionally connected to a purpose if they can't figure out who's behind it and why they're doing it and why like what in them makes them want to help me uh, because I will get closer to that person I'll feel like I have more in common with them um, so thank yeah. you very much in- very interesting Kirsten talk to us what do you think I really wanted to pick up on the word why that you used, uh, Lindsay. The why is so important. Simon Sinek, um, he talks about the why all the time. He's even written a book about why. And and I talk, uh, I've been inspired by him and and the way that he um, talks about leadership. And I just think that um, the why is so important for people to connect with the the purpose of whatever it is that you're trying to achieve, whether it's change management within your organization or whether it's um, trying to uh, to get someone to um, be interested in what it is that you have to say or sell or market. Um, the why really brings people together. People can rally around that why because they can feel like either that's me, or that's what I want to be, or that's where I want to go to. Um, that why is so important to to drive change management, and that change management can be <laughs> selling things, or it can be, you know, internally trying to change your organization. Thank you very much. Lindsay, any comments you want to make back to your co-panelists on this? I mean, I think everyone summed it up brilliantly. People want to know the why. And just like Kirsten said, I've read that book. I've seen that YouTube video. I make my team watch that YouTube video when they join my team. And it's so important because it ties into everything as to why somebody should care instead of just you should care because I said so, because I'm a sales rep and you should, you know, and going back to posting on LinkedIn, when somebody lands on your page and if you're screaming that you're in sales, that's going to be a turnoff. So there's a lot of things you can do to humanize yourself, to look at, look at being a thought leader in the space versus just, I'm trying to sell you something. Humanize, personalize, authenticate, validate, real person, not robot, not a machine and not an algorithm. Thank you very much. We're going to move on. I have a statement number four here from Georgia Huntley. This is interesting. We're getting down to some of the basics of how to construct a story. That's why I picked this one, Georgia. Georgia says, the entire buyer's journey is told through storytelling. Listen up, everybody. There is a hero, the client, who seeks an advisor, your brand, to help them achieve a desired result, which is the journey of building trust and overcoming obstacles. Throughout the entire process, storytelling is an effective strategy for marketing. Love this. Talk to me about the hero, the advisor, and the desired result or the goal or the, wow, we hope we can get there. Go ahead, Georgia. Take your time. Yeah. um, What I love about this statement is it brings it back to your original statement, Bonnie. Uh, Storytelling is something we've had for forever. Um, And if you can understand that the best way to connect with your people is going to be through this framework of putting your brand as the advisor and not the hero, because if you're out there screaming that you have all the answers, um, you're going to turn the people that are looking for your help away. They want to know how. So you have to turn yourself into a guide. You have to be their advisor. Um, You have to like um, 
like Yoda did for Luke Skywalker, <laughs> you had to show them the way. <laughs> um, and that allows the um, client to build trust in you. Um, so they can begin to overcome obstacles, just as you see in every story, um, the transformation. And that will mean more to them in trusting you. And then, as a result, provide more referrals. Trust. Very interesting. Trust. And what about, Georgia, what about likability? They have to trust you. Don't they have to like you? Don't they have to almost love you? They do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that interesting? Um, Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. You have to be approachable. Um, the way that you put your story together matters. But if you can, again, look at um, positioning the problem of your client, you can react emotionally versus of like abrasively and salesy. You can say, um, this is how I'm going to help you because uh, I see I see whether it's an internal or external problem. This is what we're going to do. Interesting. And and my role as moderator, host, producer of radio shows, as Kirsten knows, is to spark conversations. And we do this through storytelling here, right, Kirsten, on Game Changers Radio. Absolutely. I'll tell a story, something about my background, and that's why I have you each introduce yourself, because you're telling us the story of who you are. And I, I tell my guests, this is for my listeners, I tell my guests on the prep call, if people don't like you and don't want to listen to you when you're introducing yourself, they're going to Go do something else. They're not going to stick around because it's about, do I like you enough to want to listen to you? And isn't that really one of the cores of storytelling? Do they like you or do they hate you? There has to be, I think, an emotional pull, whether it's the plus pull or the negative pull. It has to be an emotional pull that engages people right away to trust you to not waste their time, to trust you that it's worthwhile sticking around to listen to you. This is the, the the thought bubbles are just going on in my head right now. As I'm listening to the three of you talk, this really is the basic of, of engaging with people. Do they, Absolutely. Are they interested enough, intrigued? Go ahead, Lindsay. I actually disagree a little bit with the statement that you have to be liked. And here's why. Because okay. I think we've evolved in a virtual world. And, and let me explain. There's that famous quote, um, people buy from people they like. It's a famous, famous quote. Now, now that we're virtual, we don't have the opportunities to get people to like us more by taking them out for dinner, by taking them out to golfing, taking, and that's very stereotypical, but we don't have that. I think trust is more paramount than liking. If you can get them to trust you, then that is going to win your deal versus likability, in my opinion. As, as, the, as, as we've evolved into this virtual world because you can't do things like you used to be able to. We love provocative, Lindsay. That was a good one. Let's go around the table. Kirsten, as I, I did say, they either have to like you or hate you enough to want to continue <laughs> listening to you, right? The positive pull and the negative pull. They have to be intrigued, engaged. Engage me, whether I like it, whether I agree with you or not. Why should I continue to listen to you to watch you, to give you my time and be give you part of the space in my life right now. Kirsten, go ahead. Let's comment on what Lindsay just said. Yeah, I think I think I might agree with Lindsay a little bit that it you know we don't have those opportunities for to get people to like us, but um, the people that are being successful right now in this virtual realm are the ones who can exude that same personality, that same likability 
over a virtual environment versus that in-person environment. Um, I uh, have seen some people do it really, really well, and some people who really struggle with um, being on camera mm-hmm. um, or, uh, you know, having to be in that virtual environment all the time, um, they need that interaction with uh, human beings. I'm not one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love, love this. Um, Me I, too. <laughs> I uh, I have enough interaction with my my kids and my uh, my husband um, that I don't necessarily. Although now that we're almost at a year, I'm I'm ready to to get out and meet some people. However, um, I still think that there's there is a, a limit to um, to what can be portrayed in that virtual environment. You can't give someone someone a hug, you know, um, that kind of thing. That that I do miss, um, and I think that that's where that um, that likability factor comes in. That you you know, if you can't build that same rapport uh, in that physical environment, um, it is a little bit much, a little bit more difficult. Um, however, that's not to say that all sales have stopped because uh, we haven't been able to be in that vir- that environment. Um, the people that are that are being successful now are able to to transfer that likability into a virtual environment. Um, I just wanted to go back to what Georgia was saying. I, I think that there is, um, she was saying that the entire buyer's journey is told through storytelling, and I think there are different stories for each phase of this of the buyer journey. Right? There's the inspirational, big picture. Um, things that happen or stories that happen at the very beginning at the awareness phase when it's more at the um, you know the decision making phase they're, they're become those stories become far more uh, detail oriented and that and you know and really um, hone in on the um, the how and and, and the what um, as you know, Lindsay and Georgia were talking about. Um, so, just wanted to, to kind of make that point that I think, it, yes, storytelling does cover through the entire buyer's journey, but I think those stories change throughout that journey as well. Georgia, you've been summoned. What do you think? React. <laughs> um, there's so much there. I'm trying to be succinct, um, but <laughs> take your time. I, we got time. Okay, awesome. Um, Likeability is interesting. Uh, There is trust involved, obviously, but in terms of branding and messaging, I think it's important to realize that you're going to polarize your audience in one way or another. You're going to be liked or you're going to be hated. Um, Business tycoon like Grant Cardone, like he rubs Mm. a lot of people the wrong way, Um, but you got to love it. Like you got to love what he's (laughs) offering and you just want to watch. Like you just want to be present for whatever he's going to say and just so that you can maybe disagree or um, get on board with what he's saying so I don't know like if if there is likability and everything no but um yeah I think as a brand you just have to be aware that you're going to speak to the people that are going to like your message <laughs> or not and they're going to give you a hard time or get away Grant um, Cardone American author born in 1958 uh and is this the right one a best-selling author world's number one sales trainer renowned yeah. speaker international social media influencer and real estate yeah. mogul 10x yeah. your life that's the one yeah. I had to look him up sorry about that I didn't know who he was oh. okay good that's okay yeah big business uh real estate tycoon it's he's 
his book is actually um, something I had to read in our interview process for the Zon team where I work. Um, so I had to be familiar with his style, but also his passion for what he does. So the storytelling behind what he does was really crucial to being a part of the team. Anyway. Passion, part of storytelling. Interesting. Yeah. I want to move to one more statement from Kirsten. We have a little more time. This is a very provocative one. And George, I think this is a good follow through to what you just shared with us. Kirsten says, I think there comes a point when your customer does not want you to spin a tale. Storytelling can be taken too far. At some point, they just want you to tell them the facts straight up. Being able to read the room, and that's a key, uh, Georgia, that's a key in comedy and improv is reading the room, right? Reading yes. the room, especially for stand-ups who are doing audience engagement. When to engage your writings with a story and when to focus on facts and figures will always serve marketers and salespeople well. Kirsten, we have a few minutes. Why don't you give us about a minute and a half on this, and then we'll go around the table and see what your co-panelists think. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've mentioned it a couple of different times that throughout the buyer journey, there the different stories need to come into play. And, and you know, sharing facts and figures doesn't necessarily need to be boring. It doesn't need to be just, you know, these are the actual facts because people can read those. But if you can weave a story mm -hmm. around those facts and figures, that um, it is, it can be a bit of both, right? You have, but again, you have to read the room. If your people are, if the people you're talking to are, are CFOs and accountants, they're not going to want to um, uh, hear stories. They are very numbers oriented. They're very facts and figures oriented. They need to know the facts only. And so you need to be able to read the room. You need to know exactly what kind of people you're engaging. Um, and that, that room could be a virtual room or it could be a physical room um, to know exactly when they're done with um, hearing the, the story around the, um, the how and the why and the what, and they need to know, just give it to me straight. Um, but I think it, it depends. I mean, it could be, you know, if you're talking about real estate and you're talking about uh, engaging a client and they're at that place where they're, um, you know, they need to uh, make a decision on whether they're going to go with this offer or that offer. Um, they, they also may need to, to hear a story that kind of brings those two pieces together. Thank you. And, and Kristen, that goes back to my opening quote from Medium. Great analytics inform your storytelling. They point it in the right direction, but the data won't do the storytelling for you. And the flip side of that, which you just said, is sometimes you need to just go back to the data. Let's quickly, we've got six minutes left. So time to go around the table once more on this. Lindsay, what do you think? Yeah, you've got all great points, Kirsten. One thing I would comment on is the virtual room can be a challenge, especially if you're connecting with personas that are in the C-suite and they don't turn on their camera. How does one read the room? And so there's some things that you can do in advance. You could send the, the, the snippet, you know, on a video to your client prospect and tell the story on a video before the meeting to make sure they watched it. And you can actually see if they watched it. You can email them the snippet, but we all know that the best stories are told live in person, in person or virtually, right? Right. So, I would, I would comment back to anyone on the panel here, when it's virtual, how does one read the room and to know when to stop talking? Because that's been a challenge, I think, for a lot of people in the industry right now, salespeople, is it's hard to read the room when they don't have their camera on. So how do you know if you're overstepping your boundaries? 
Um, and so some of the things I coach to is pregnant pauses, a pregnant pause, stop talking and see if they dispel more information or if you should continue on your story. So not to open a can of worms, but Bonnie, just wanted to throw that out. No, very, very interesting. And I mentioned in the beginning of the show that I did radio for the past 10 years until May, I think it was May 2020, all on the phone. And I had to listen for those pauses, Lindsay. I had to listen to the cadence of the person, any emotion I could glean from the way they were speaking, how engaged they were, how comfortable they were. And in radio, especially when it's all audio, you can't let dead air happen for too long, more than a few seconds. So my challenge is the moderator and the host was to know when somebody had finished, give them the space to finish gracefully, and then know when to speak my part or to invite the next person to speak. And what Zoom has done for me with the video now is I can watch you think. That's what I like to call it. I can see when I think you're done. It's easier for me to read that room. And Aaron, my engineer, just wrote dead air is an audio engineer swear word. <laughs> Thank you very much. George, I'm going to give you the last word on this, and then we're going to get ready for a 30-second crystal ball prediction from each of you on where storytelling is going. Go ahead, George, comments on what we just discussed, if you can remember what it is. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, actually, I just wanted to share that something Kristen said, Kirsten, sorry, um, was that um, it, when a client in real estate is trying to decide between this offer, that offer, and especially right now in current climate, you have like 20 to 30 offers. It's insane. Um, what we encourage our clients to do is write a story, <laughs> like write a little note, attach a photo of you and your partner or whoever who's looking to move into the house, humanize mm. who your, what your offer represents and what it means to you. Um, so, wow. That's so cool. Yeah. Wow. Right. And, and wow. It, it doesn't always work. It's not a guarantee, but it does give the person a minute to look and think I could really it, help change this person's life. <laughs> it's attention grabbing. It, yeah. Fascinating. Thank you for that, Georgia. Quickly, yeah. where's storytelling going in the next uh, three to five years? Kirsten, you're up. I can give you exactly 30 seconds each. Go. Less than 30 seconds. Go. <laughs> I think uh, storytelling is going to be even more critical um, to the buyer journey over the coming months and years. It's only going to grow from here. Thank you. Lindsay, prediction? It's, it's blowing up right now. I mean, people are on video 24-7. People are feeling more comfortable on video. So they are using the story functionality on Instagram, on LinkedIn. They are now doing it on Twitter. So stories is blowing up. It's just going to get more and more because people are getting more comfortable seeing themselves as weird as it sounds to see themselves on video. And, you know, backgrounds, virtual backgrounds also tell stories, too. That's why I tell people, let it represent your persona, right? What's your background say about you now that we can see you? Georgia, you get the last, last word. Go ahead. Um, I think especially with the pandemic, we've seen that storytelling has become extremely empathetic. And through social media, especially in my realm, we're going to see more people getting more raw and more real and seeing like the half of you're seeing like my shirt here, but you might not know that I'm wearing sweatpants. <laughs> like, uh, we're we're going to we're going to tell people the whole story more and more. Thank you very much. I'm wearing and jeans. And you don't know, you don't know that I, I have bare feet and I have what, what yes. the equivalent of sketcher flip flops here, which I, I don't wear shoes very much. I wear my drummer boots when I go to the. You know what they call me in the seafood department at Harris Teeter and Carrie Lindsay? What 
they call me Miss Boots because I come in with red boots or brocade boots from my drum lesson every Saturday oh, to do wow. my grocery shopping. Let's leave that one alone. That's the, yes, that's uh, whatever. I'm going to go whatever. stalk you now. There you go. Four o'clock on Saturdays in Carrie. Yes. Okay. Here we go. So I want Kirsten, great debut. Welcome to your seventh season. Digital engagement. We've gone through social selling, so digital selling, and now digital engagement. Great transformation of the name of the series, Kirsten. So happy to have you back. Lindsay Boggs, delightful to have you back, reacquaint with you after all these years. And Georgia Huntley, you're welcome anytime. So happy to have you on the show. And thank you to Aaron Keller, engineer. When I have to hurry up, here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? My car is getting two months to the gallon. How's yours doing? Go out and be a game changer today, just like Kristen Boylow, just like Lindsay Boggs, just like Georgia Huntley. Bonnie D. Graham signing off. Be safe, be smart, be savvy, be well. And we'll see you next time. Everybody wave. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Changing the Game with Digital Engagement, presented by SAP, the best run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again, Tuesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.